How bad do you really want this? Whether you want to be a full-time producer, you want to be an instrumentalist, you want to be a performer, you're in a, you want to be in a band that's on tour, um, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a marketer, you want to be a painter, any, any of these paths is going to be extremely difficult. And today's episode is talking about tactics that make the seemingly impossible possible. But it is going to be hard and you do have to dedicate yourself. And one of the first questions that you really have to reflect on and ask yourself is, how are you choosing to spend your time? Are you spending your time in a way that truly makes this dream of being a full-time artist possible? Um, And the answer is tough because you are going to have to sacrifice things in your life that that are easy, that may be fun in the pursuit of this ultimate goal and this ultimate dream. And so thinking back on some of my own personal experiences, um, one of my first loves that I was extremely passionate about that I wanted to be really good at was in high school, and I wanted to be the best wrestler that I could be. And it it gave me a lot of great life lessons in regards to sacrifice in order to achieve our particular goal. And so what did some of those sacrifices look like? Starting as a, a freshman in high school, I would work out before school. So I would meet some of my other dedicated buddies at the at the gym at the school at six in the morning to work out before school. Of course, I was cutting weight. So during lunch, I would go get another workout. Then I would go to practice. And then even sometimes if I if I was cutting a lot of weight, if I was within 24 hours or 48 hours of a duel or a tournament, I would go to the YMCA, go hit the sauna, sweat it out, which was technically illegal in high school wrestling, but I did it anyway. So there'd be some times where I was, I was working out four times per day. And what was my ultimate goal? To win. Um, why? Because losing in wrestling sucks. Imagine being in a gym full of people where it's you and another dude that are essentially going to war, trying to inflict your will upon this other person, put them on their back, and hold them there. Now, let's just say it's in front of a gym full of 100 people. Losing in that situation really sucks. And I I didn't want to lose. I wanted to win. I wanted to win as much as possible. And I was willing to sacrifice in order to win. And simultaneously, there was more, there was more high school wrestlers that, that were okay with losing. Um, and they weren't willing to put that additional work in, but that was kind of, that was my first, uh, first introduction into the grind and loving something so much and being passionate about something so much that I was willing to sacrifice damn near everything else in my life to, to make that happen. Um, now, when I got to college, that's when my my love it that that's when I I decided that I was going to be a full time musician. Um, I, I had a life epiphany moment, literally on my twentieth birthday, and that is when I decided to hit music full force and never stop. And so, I my my friend group in college, we were definitely the the party kids. Um, we partied every single weekend. Now, what what changed? was when we were hosting parties, I was in my room producing. I would still be a part of the party. 
People would come in, they'd hang out as I'm making music. I, I had a vibe going on. There was, there was lasers and lights in the room as I was producing. People would come in, they'd give me a drink, we'd take shots, yada, yada, yada. But I was so dedicated to sacrifice being out there playing Pong and like just being the normal dude at the party. I was willing to sacrifice and be the ridiculous dude that was <laughs> hosting the party, but in the room producing music. Um, now, I could have sacrificed more and, and not partied. Unfortunately, I was not... I was not smart enough at that time in my career to be like, oh, well, maybe I just, maybe I should just solely focus on producing rather than partying. But in that moment, that's what sacrifice looked like to me. Um, Then once I graduated college, I got the full-time job. That is where the grind even increased more. Now there's, there's, bills there's there's bills to pay and my full-time job is is driving that revenue um to pay those bills i am dedicated to that full-time job and that job it it would be 45 to 60 hours per week um which which is relatively normal but um but simultaneously it wasn't a work from home position It, it was something where i had to i had to be away um from my from from music um so what did I do? I woke up early. I knew that when I got home at 6.30 p.m., it was going to be really difficult for me to, to eat dinner and then continue to make music. So I just I started waking up early, 5, 4.30, 4, because I wanted to prioritize my dream. Yes, I had to pay bills. Yes, I had a job that was paying those bills, but I needed my dream was still alive. That's not what I, that full-time job is not what I wanted to do. So I was willing to wake up early to ensure that I was putting in the work towards my dream to get that done. And once again, that's through prioritization. So when you're asking yourself this question, really look at your schedule. How many, how many hours of Netflix are you, are you consuming per day, per night? How, how early are you waking up? If it's, if this is, so if you have a full-time job right now, and when you get home from work, you're too tired to produce and that's your excuse. Well, what's the solution? Wake up early. That's it. That that is your solution. Prioritize the creation process and making music first thing, first thing in the morning. And personally, that's even even now that I'm living full-time um as a as as an artist. I still prioritize that music production before before I open up Instagram. Before I do anything, I ensure that I am in Ableton making music because at the end of the day, being able to make music is is the dream. Um, and of course, not everybody thinks that that waking up is easy, and I don't necessarily think that that waking up is easy. But I have a system in place that ensures my success every morning. So um, I'm going to pass it over to Jared because he, Jared, you have the the analytical engineer-minded perspective in regards to systems because this self-discipline, which is essentially what we're talking about, is difficult, but there's systems in place to make it so we as human beings can actually stay consistent um, with this discipline over time. Is so true. I think making sure that you have some sort of system in place and techniques that you use in particular to overcome that resistance when it eventually comes 
it'll help you be prepared for it and actually know how to take it on and what battles you should be pursuing, which battles maybe you shouldn't be pursuing. And for myself, one thing that I struggled with a lot, one thing that I battled with was uh, a beating procrastination, basically, and trying to actually do the work, especially like you said, when you get home after a long day of work, if you don't have as much energy, you can really succumb to procrastination at those times. So for myself, what a technique that I used in a system that I created to beat that was to use something called the Pomodoro technique, which is a pretty simple technique uh, at its fr- at its face value, which is for every 25 minutes of work that you do or music production that you do, you should take a five-minute break. And this doesn't sound too extreme or like it has any crazy implements, but the real reason why it works and where it actually shines is it allows you to actually connect ideas that you might not have initially thought of, as well as, uh, as I said before, beat procrastination because you're putting a forcing function on the actual time that you allotted for yourself. Um, and with that being said, it makes you uh, focus more on the process involved rather than the outcome involved. So a lot of times we'll sit down and think that we need to produce an entire beat, for example, or that we need to record an entire folder of sounds for myself or something like that. And this is a really big daunting task and it's really hard. Or maybe it might be learning a new uh, song or instrument. But if you take it and you just say, I'm just going to practice for 25 minutes. I'm just going to create beats for 25 minutes. That's not as daunting. That's a lot easier to do. And you'll realize if you stack up maybe, I don't know, five or 10 of these 25-minute sessions, by the end of it, you will have the outcome that you wanted. But by being more process-driven, you won't be, again, uh, feel like these outcomes that you're desiring are too hard to fulfill. And by them being too hard to fulfill, you might, again, usually procrastinate in my case is what I would do. I would say, this is impossible. I'm never going to be able to actually accomplish that. So I would just sit back and do something else, maybe play on my phone or distract myself in some other way. Um, So using something like the Pomodoro technique was really important. And the other science behind the Pomodoro technique was something that was brought up by um, an engineering professor at the University of Oakland, I believe, and her name is Barbara Oakley. And what she said was that there's two systems to the brain as well that especially are involved in something like the Pomodoro technique, uh, where there's the focused brain as well as the diffuse brain. So in the focused brain, this is like your working brain. It has specific pathways that it takes. Uh, when, when I say pathways, uh, neural pathways in, in specific, but there's particular patterns that it usually likes to do. So the way that I think about this is maybe if you're driving a car, you can only drive on the streets that are paved. You're not going to go drive off-roading, I mean, unless you have that kind of vehicle or something. But in the city, you have to drive on the, on the streets that are paved. While the diffuse, the diffuse brain, um, it has more of a, uh, it's technically your default mode network. And it's technically uh, a lot more divergent, as the name suggests, and has a wide variety of pathways that it uses and isn't necessarily constrained to using a specific pathway or in, in the car case, a specific street. So if you're a pedestrian in this case, you can just kind of walk wherever you can. Ideally, if there's a patch of grass that you want to cut across, you can cut across the grass. But again, in the car, you can't just drive across the grass. You have to usually take a bunch of weird turns and stuff to get there. So in this diffuse, uh, basically, brain, you're able to make wider ranges of connections rather than these focused connections. So how this applies to something like the Pomodoro technique and something like producing is if you've ever had those moments where 
maybe you're in the shower or something or you're on a walk or as uh, Cody, who I was actually talking about before, he was on his run. And all of a sudden, these ideas start popping up into your head about usually work-related topics and problems that you hadn't solved that you now are able to actually figure out and make the connections that you needed to connect. And this is because when you're working, you're in the focused brain. And when you're doing something like walking or running or maybe meditating or right before you go to sleep, these sorts of things, you're in the diffuse brain, which allows you to make these wider range of connections. So um, in this case, when you're taking these 25 minutes of work in the Pomodoro technique, you're using your focused brain in those 25 minutes. So these are, again, the specific usual pathways that you would take to ideally solve whatever task that you're working on, whether it's music production or something else. And then when you take that five-minute break, you're able to actually go into this diffuse brain, which allows you to make a wider range of connections. So maybe as you were working in those 25-minute sessions, you were having trouble trying to figure out how exactly you wanted to introduce the song or if you wanted to maybe add a bridge this way or how you wanted to do this transition effect, and you weren't quite sure how to do it. But then you're, you're really it's really difficult in the focus brain to be able to make that decision and really feel like you've made the right decision after you've done it. However, when you take that five-minute break after that 25-minute session, that problem that you were wrestling with, you'll now be able to fall back into this diffuse brain network and use more of, uh, again, this divergent thinking to connect different thoughts. And now you'll be able to say, oh, I should have done this with uh, my intro. Oh, I could have added this uh, little sound here. Or maybe I could have chopped it in this way. Or maybe if you're practicing and you're trying to learn a song, you finally figure out that, oh, I needed to actually uh, like chunk the pattern out a different way. Or I needed to actually uh, slide my fingers instead of trying to like roll or, or whatever, whatever the heck you're trying to do. Um, and by, again, moving through these two different brains in this, using the, something like the Pomodoro technique, you'll actually allow for more work to be done in a more efficient manner, and you'll actually get, um, ideally, a better outcome from it, as well as, again, bringing it back to the initial topic, which was being able to overcome the resistance involved in doing that specific topic because you're now focused more on the process rather than the outcome. And in my case, specifically, I was able to beat procrastination by sitting down and only working for, in this case, 25 minutes and then taking a five-minute break. Sometimes people also, if you have a longer attention span, you can work for 50 minutes and take a 10-minute break. But make sure you start with something that's small and digestible for yourself. Again, maybe it's only 10 or 15 minutes that you can work and then you need a five-minute or 10-minute break. Whatever that is for you, figure out and use something like the Pomodoro technique as a system to make sure that you're overcoming resistance and overcoming that little voice in your head that's saying, oh, you can't do this. You don't need to actually do it. It's like, no, just set the timer up and go. You know, you're not focused on the outcome of finishing the track. You just need to sit for, again, whether it might only be 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but sit there and, and make that track, practice that song, practice that scale, learn that new marketing technique, whatever it happens to be for you, do that thing. And that, that's, again, for me, one of the reasons, one of the ways that I use to overcome resistance. Now I'm going to pass it back over to Cody to finish this off with the last way that he uses to overcome this. Yeah, well, Jared, I just I just want to say that's why I love talking to you, man. I, I love the analytical perspective that that you can bring to, to science science-based and science-backed productivity. And what a, what a beautiful technique. And I also love what you said about sitting down and doing it and, and ensuring that it's in manageable enough chunks that you actually sit down and do it, which leads us to the third tactic being that you have to be your own 
boss. When you're when you're first starting out on this journey, you are the nobody else is going to to do the work for you. You're the one that has to sit down and put in the time and in the dedication um, to make this dream happen. And it's easier said than done. Our entire um, entire professional-based model in regards to bosses and subordinates is set up in this way because you you have a manager at, let's say you work for a company. There's a reason that manager exists. That manager exists to ensure that the team, the subordinates underneath them accomplish what they're meant to accomplish. Um, we, so companies that are worth billions of dollars have this fail stop in place. Now, and there is a shortcut um, within our community, and that's through that's through coaching, that's through accountability, that is through community. If you if you have the right coaches, if you have the right community and network around you, that's going to hold you accountable. That is a shortcut. Um, but for people that choose to do this on their own, you have to be able to be your own boss. And I guess for me, when I when I think about it. The most, it, you can put it in such simple terms, either do it or you don't. That's the question that I ask myself. And that's what I simplify it to. When I, when I start to have all of the excuses going off in my brain, which is resistance, I ask my, my it, make it simple. I'm either going to do it or I'm not. And developing that habit of doing it, especially when you don't want to, that's the most important thing. I love having conversations with people. One of my favorite things to do. I have conversations with people talking about their new business, their new project, the goals, the dreams, the aspirations that they want to do. It could either be a video call. It could be in person. And what I love, and I, and I, I guess I'll preface this by saying I used to fall, I, I used to fall prey to, to what I'm about to explain until I recognized that I was doing it. You shared this hour-long conversation with somebody expressing your dreams, your aspirations, everything that you're going to do to do it. And let's say that conversation takes place from, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. What are you doing right after? And I used to find that I, I would get myself so pumped up talking about everything I was going to accomplish that I almost felt good about just talking about it. It almost felt just good enough and I would relax. And so now whenever I have that conversation, I either, if I'm close enough with the individual, I'll close it like, hey, okay, now go like do something right now. <laughs> like go to work, go go to work right now. Um, and, and I'm sure people listening to this have, have, have also fallen. We all have, but it's, it's being able to put in that work. It's easy to talk about it. It's harder to do. Um, especially when you don't want to do it. And so for me, waking up at 5.30, honestly, at this point, it's such an instilled habit and I have the system, I have my day set up. So the first thing I do is produce. So I'm excited most of the time. But let, let's say I'm excited 70% of the time, 30% of the time, I'm tired. I would love to hit snooze. I would love to go back to bed, but I don't. I just do it. I know what the end result's going to be. Same thing with training. I work out seven days per week. I certainly don't want to work out every single time. Um, conversely, I, I ran a half marathon this morning. It's Wednesday. It's part of my training program. I'm doing, I'm running a, a 50 kilometer race or a, like 31 mile race next weekend. There's been so many moments in this training program where I don't want to train but I do it anyway. I did hill sprints on, on Monday. It was raining outside. It was cold. 
beautiful. I, I, of course, I didn't want to go run in the rain, but I've tricked, I, I have that conversation with myself of do it, do it. And then once you get out there, you feel so good for actually doing it because overcoming resistance provides one of the greatest feelings that you could possibly have in the moment. There's almost that, there's like a little bit of delayed gratification in the moment when you actually get into the task. Let's say you open up, you open up your DAW, you face resistance for that first 10 to 15 minutes, you push through it, it's most likely going to be a good session. Same thing with your workout. That first five, 10 minutes, it, going to the gym, getting in the car and going to the gym, throwing on your running shoes is going to be harder than actually doing the act itself. Um, now, some, we are humans. And sometimes you're not, like what your best is, the best that you can do something varies day to day. Um, so sometimes like if I'm really freaking tired, um, and I'm going for a run, well, it does, maybe it doesn't have to be the most killer run, but from my perspective, the most important thing is doing the action and instilling that action as a habit over time, um, is going to give you that extremely delayed gratification and continuously inch yourself closer and closer and closer to that goal. But developing that neural pathway of being able to say yes, to being able to overcome resistance, to accomplish a task, especially when you don't want to is absolutely paramount. Um, Jared, I, I've, man, I'm hyped up. I feel like running through a wall. So I think this is probably a good place to, to close this episode. So if, if you've made it this far, if you're feeling hyped up, make sure to subscribe uh, to our channel on YouTube. We're going to have plenty of more podcast episodes like this and clips that will help you continue to overcome resistance. Also join our discord. We have a community of like-minded producers and artists that are all working on overcoming resistance. So join our community, um, grow with us, get better with us. And as always, thank you for, for, for listening to the podcast. But most importantly, thank you for taking the steps um, to accomplishing your goals because we do know how difficult it is. But um, yeah, follow us, join us. We'll try to make it a little bit easier. With that, peace. Peace.